how's everyone doing? Welcome to another episode, we're on episode 17 of Chew the Bible. And today we're going to be reading from Genesis 17. I hope everyone is having a blessed, blessed week. It's Friday, Friday, March 5th. Friday, March 5th, 2021. Wow, already three months into this thing. And uh, yeah, spring is right around the corner. I'm just going to throw up a prayer real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. I thank you for this time that we can spend in your word to really... It's so cool, even just in counseling today, just talking to a great mentor. You know who he is, God. <laughs> but just how he just shared how there was a scripture about the sons of Korah and he had never made the correlation. He had even he had he had heard the scriptures entire life since he was a kid, since he was seven. And now he's in his seventies, and it was like it was like the scripture talking about the sons of Korah, and then later on the remnant that survived after their other family, their their parents or whatever, were swallowed up into the ground. That same remnant, that remnant that survived they wrote some of the psalms and praised you god so i thank you god that i don't know why i didn't earn it i don't deserve it i live in a time where yeah i haven't been swallowed into the ground <laughs> i've come close in other ways but um i have not seen death yet i thank you lord that i'm alive or i thank you the people that are listening are alive that means that you still have a plan you have a purpose you're not done with them I thank you, Lord, that even though I deserve death every single day based on the things I think and do and act, Lord, you get you, your grace and your mercy, Lord, surround me. And I just look forward to that day when I stand before you, God, holy and blameless, not because of anything that I've done, but because what you did on the cross, Jesus. I, th I pray that everyone that listens would also come to that same revelation if they haven't already that it would just even grow even more just your goodness your faithfulness your grace how it how i can't out sin you god there's nothing that i could do to out earn your sin and out earn your grace to out to out send you god out send your grace and out to even earn your grace lord it's not it's a free gift and i just thank you once again for this word it would just come alive, come alive, come alive in our hearts and our minds on a day-to-day -day basis and everything that we do, everything we say. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. What's going on, sir? Welcome in here. I didn't even see you pop in here. Let's see here. I'm a, for those of y'all know, I'm on IG Live. I started doing it like three or four episodes ago. So if you want to just come in, hop in on IG Live and say what's up. Uh, at some point, if we get enough people in here, I will open it up and let people talk, ask questions, you know, add some, add some commentary. We'll see, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. So, all right. As usual, we will read Genesis 17. We'll read the whole chapter and then go back and divide it up a few verses at a time. I think today I'm only going to, hmm, ooh, Genesis 18 is so good. I was thinking I might just do Genesis 17. But you know what? 18 is good too. So we're going to do both. We're going to do both. Oh, something I want to bring up from Genesis 16. I think it was 16. 
turn this music down just a little bit. Just a little too loud. Let's go down just a little bit. Maybe a little bit more. There we go. All right, so... When the angel of the Lord, we're talking about the angel of the Lord in Genesis 15, appeared to Abraham in a vision. And even the Melchizedek, King Melchizedek, that we talked about in Genesis 14. Yes. Oh, I said, it didn't say angel of the Lord. It said word of the Lord. No, all right, so angel of the Lord that visits. It's an angel of the Lord that visits. Um, that it visits Hagar. So it came up in my counseling session. I was talking to the guy that I see for counseling. Uh, we we're talking about, because uh, he goes to my church. And anyway, he was, we were talking about this, these chapters, and he was just saying, yeah, those are called Christophanies. Uh, I, which was, I brought up in the last recording, I believe, but I didn't know like the term of it. But yeah, it's like anytime Jesus is believed to have appeared on earth in the in in the form of a of a man um but not that person didn't know it was jesus at the time and so yeah before this is way before he comes two thousand years later to die on the cross that so an old an old testament appearance of jesus which yeah which has happened every time it says like angel of the, just about every time it says angel of the lord in the Old Testament, or yeah, there's Melchizedek. Uh, King Melchizedek is believed that he that was Jesus appearing in in the Old Testament. So, and the cool thing, I don't know if I brought it up last time, was Melchizedek, King Melchizedek. He brought out bread and wine. I didn't. I don't think I highlighted that last time, but that's just like a foreshadowing to yeah, Jesus we it's like so abram had a chance to partake in communion way back then in genesis 14 genesis 14 18 is where it says that so it's amazing it's amazing how everything just overlaps it just all overlaps and there's all these connection con connecting dots that you can make as you read through the word all right so wow so abram gave no Yes. No, King Melchizedek or a Christophany or Jesus appearing as a king back then presented bread and wine to Abram. And this all happened right before the covenant that we're going to talk about here in Genesis 17. Wow. Anyway, sorry. Sometimes it's like I'm like processing through things that I'm thinking about. I'm just processing, doing it out loud. So, and I can go on these mental tangents. So bear with me. All right, we're going to start on chapter 17. Here we go. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him saying, I am God almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. I'll set up my covenant between me and you and I will multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell face down and God spoke with him. As for me, here's my covenant with you. You will become the father of many nations. 
Your name will no longer be Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I will make you the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful and will make many nation, make nations and kings come from you. I will confirm my covenant that, that is between me and you and your future offspring throughout their generations. It is a permanent covenant to be your God and the God of your offspring after you. And to you and your, and your future offspring, I will give the land where you are residing, all the land of Canaan as a permanent possession, and I will be their God. God also said to Abraham, as for you and your offspring after you through after you throughout their generations are to keep. Sorry. God also said to Abraham, as for you, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations are to keep my covenant. Verse 10. This is my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you, which you are to keep. Every one of your males must be circumcised. You must circumcise the flesh of your foreskin to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and you. Throughout your generations, every male among you is to be circumcised at eight days old. Every male born in your household or purchased from any foreigner and not your offspring, whether born in your household or purchased, he must be kept. He must be circumcised. My covenant will be marked in your flesh as a permanent covenant. If any male is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that man will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God said to Abraham, as for your wife, Sarai, do not call her Sarai, for Sarah will be her name. I will bless her indeed. I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she will produce nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. Then he laughed and said to himself, can a child be born to a hundred year old man? Can Sarah, a 90 year old woman, give birth? So Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael were acceptable to you. But God said, no, your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son and you will name him Isaac. I'll confirm my covenant with him as a permanent covenant for his future offspring. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will certainly bless him. I will make him fruitful and will multiply him greatly. He will father 12 tribal leaders and I will make him into a great nation. But I will confirm my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this time next year. When he finished taking, when he finished talking with him, God withdrew from Abraham. So Abraham took his son Ishmael and those born in his household are purchased every male among the members of Abraham's household. And he circumcised the flesh of their foreskin on that very day, just as God had said to him. Abraham was 99 years old when the flesh of his foreskin was circumcised. And his son Ishmael was 13 years old when the flesh of his foreskin was circumcised. On that same day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised. And all the men of his household, whether born in his household or purchased from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. Selah. Let that ride for a minute. This is kind of a long chapter, so I'll jump right into it. As I do normally, just read a few verses and then 
whatever stands out, I'll just comment on it, break it down. And so here we go. Covenant circumcision. When Abraham, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him saying, I am God almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. I can stop right there real quick. Because the first thing I noticed was, where did my pen go? It says the Lord appeared to him. So in the last time we had the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. So he came to Abram in a vision. Something that could you could definitely go back later and go deeper into. Because you have times where God spoke to Abram, like in chapter 12. And then Jesus actually appears to him, we believe, a Christophany in chapter 14, 18 with Melchizedek. King Melchizedek, that we consider that Jesus was the one who appeared to Abram. And then, yeah, he appears to him in a vision in chapter 15. And then here we have. And then we have here in chapter 17, he actually physically appears to him. It doesn't say angel of the Lord. It doesn't say the word of the Lord. It doesn't say. So in a way, maybe that's the holy. Hmm. Interesting. I'm, I need to go back and read this more. Uh, and I could be making a stretch here. But. In chapter 12, it seems like that's God speaking directly to Abram. But Abram doesn't see God. As far as I know, he just hears his voice. So God just speaks to him. And then, yes, chapter 14, verse 18, Melchizedek, that's Jesus appearing to him. And then when it says the word of the Lord, that whenever I hear the word of the Lord, I think of the Holy Spirit came to him in a vision. I imagine that's like the Holy Spirit. And then here in chapter 17, the Lord, I'm imagining that's actually God appearing to him so he sees all forms of god the holy spirit jesus and god himself i gotta read more about that just the distinctions of the appearances of god to abram and yeah he says i am god almighty live in my presence and be blameless so yeah one quick note about that so anytime for anyone that's question questions of the Trinity or the understanding of the Trinity, this is some good beyond every time it says in Genesis, let us make man or us. All the time it says us. God refers to us, him as us. Um, there's here's another example of the Trinity here. All right. So, yeah, I'm God Almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. I need to look more on that word blameless because it's used a lot throughout the entire Bible. But we're not going to do that right now. That's a just a good word to highlight. Live in my presence and be blameless. Oh, I was listening to a sermon last night and as I was falling asleep and he was talking about um, who was it? 
John Piper, he was talking about, man, every time Piper preaches, I tremble. Like, something about his preaching, out of all the, I listen to a lot of pastors, but old dude, he makes me tremble when he starts preaching. It's wild. Um, Anyway, he was talking about practicing the presence of God, knowing that he's always around you at all times. My dad used to say that a lot. He's like, I can't watch you and your brother 24 hours, seven days a week. But no, I do know that God is watching you. He's always protecting you and surrounding you. And to know that you you can't get away with anything. You can't hide anything. So even though you might be able to hide something from your, your uh, from me and your mom, your mom and I, you can't hide anything from God. So here when he says, live in my presence and be blameless. It's powerful. And he says, I will set up, verse two, he says, I will set up my covenant between me and you and I'll multiply you greatly. So uh, I got to read back on this some more, but there's already been a covenant established. The one that was done, he already made a covenant earlier when the vision, he gave him the vision, but when, how old was he when he gave him that vision? I don't know how old Abraham, Abram was, was when he gave him that vision. It doesn't say, I don't think. When he came into a vision and then did the whole walking through. Walking through the blood, the slaughtered animals. And it was a covenant that only that was up to God to keep. That Abram didn't have to keep his bargain. Oh, so yeah, this is like, so this would be like two. This is two separate covenants. So there's the one that God would fulfill in which he says, I will give this land to your offspring. So that involved land, land. And talks about them going into slavery and all that stuff. But then he's going to rescue them, give them land. And then this other covenant, the covenant of circumcision, or I like to say the big snip. (laughs) Uh... This is going to talk about what Abram has to do to keep what he's supposed to do to keep his end of the bargain of the covenant. The other one didn't require Abram, Abraham to do anything. I keep saying Abraham, Abram, because he, he's not referred to Abraham yet. They're going to start. Yeah, this is where his name gets changed to Abraham. Let's keep reading. This says, I will set up my covenant between me and you and I'll multiply you greatly. Then Abram, Abram fell face down and God spoke with him. As for me, here is my covenant with you. You will become the father of many nations. Your name will no longer be Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I will make you the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful and will make nations and kings come from you. I will confirm my covenant that is between me and you and your offspring throughout their generations. It is a permanent covenant to be your God and the God of your offspring after you. And to you and your future offspring, I will give the land where you are residing, all the land of Canaan, as a permanent possession, and I will be their God. So he changes his name, says he will be the father of many nations. I'll make you extremely fruitful. Our Abraham also means exalted one. Hmm. It's a permanent covenant. For you and your future offspring. I got to read back more on some of this stuff because I feel like even just 
two rethrows like a few rethrows is not enough you like you got to really dive even deeper on this stuff but once again as i'm going just to give kind of an idea when i'm going through this and dissecting them i'm still at in a way kind of doing what we say it's not a full dive in on the bible like where i'm actually busting out the strong concordance and looking at individual words and looking at all the parallel scriptures and looking at all the commentaries and like going really deep into study this is like this is kind of like a surface level, level study to where i'm just kind of highlighting a few things that stand out to me and then the main thing the reason i'm doing this is one for my own benefit so that i can grow stronger in the word and in my faith but also to encourage you the listener to do the same thing to dive deeper into the word and study it and go even beyond beyond what i'm saying <laughs> and 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 i encourage you to start your own podcast or do your own uh lead your own bible studies where you're actually if when you when you can teach something or speak something um and and digest it and uh regurgitate it out to an audience then it helps you retain the information even more to where and to where it's going to reach a point where it's not even information anymore it's just secondhand it's like you're it's part of your nature so yeah that's the main reason why i'm doing this so just know that i'm not going super deep but i am going somewhat gonna go a little bit deep if that makes sense all right so verse nine god also said to abraham as for you you and your offspring after you after you throughout their generations are to keep my covenant this is my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you which you are to keep every one of your males must be circumcised you must circumcise the flesh of your foreskin to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and you i need to that's another example of something i need to go back later and read more on like why he chose foreskin like what is it about and why of all the body parts he had to do this with this covenant why that one throughout your generation verse 12 throughout your generations every male among you is to be circumcised at eight days old eight i know is a number of new means new, represents usually new beginnings because seven is a number of completeness and so eight is actually seen as a number of new beginnings. So interesting. At eight days old, every male born in your household or purchased from any foreigner and not your offspring, whether born in your household or purchased, he must be circumcised. My covenant will be marked in your flesh as a permanent covenant. If any male is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that man will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. That's pretty serious be cut off this that's some serious stuff i'm gonna read this note here on verses 9 through 14. the sign of god's renewed covenant with abraham was that every male must circumcise the flesh of his foreskin this painful procedure <laughs> underscores the deep commitment God expected from those in covenant with him. Circumcision was a signal that men would carry the covenant. As we see, this promise passed from Abraham to his son Isaac and so on. 
it was also to be a perpetual reminder to the people that God intended to remove impurity from their midst. Hmm. See, this doesn't really hit home too hard for me. Uh, I'm getting kind of personal. But yeah, you in America, most like even I'll say even with my own children, my boy, my two boys, they were circumcised at birth. So they don't even remember it. They didn't feel it. But I can only imagine being that eight year old boy or 13 year old boy and having to go through this pro this procedure. And yeah, you'll remember it for the rest of your life. So there's something about, hmm. I wonder what, still wonder why he chose the age eight. Cause I, I technically, when I was a kid, I gave my, I remember asking Jesus into my heart at age of six, but I didn't actually go down for like an altar call until I was around eight and really had a better understanding of what I was doing. Um, it's interesting to think about that, the age eight. Um, the age of accountability as some people talk about like when are you accountable to the lord for your actions um anyway verse 15 god said to abraham as for your wife sarai do not call her sarai for sarah will be her name i was reading something later about or, or somewhere i read about this that sarai could have just been a dialect thing when he changed it from Sarai to Sarah. It's more of like a dialect thing. It's, yeah. Anyway, a language dialect change that God made. I will bless her indeed, and I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she will pr produce nations. Kings of people will come from her. Wow. In the notes here, it says, By God's command, Sarai became Sarah, meaning princess. With this new name comes the promise that kings of people will come from her. Mm. This is this is really cool. Right, I'm keep reading. Verse 17. Abraham fell face down. When is the last time you fell face down before the Lord? When I read phrases like that, I think about my own life. Just how, when is the last time I fell face down before the Lord? Not just in church, but just in everyday life. When I, just coming home, whatever, just get on my knees and not just get on my knees. Cause sometimes I'll lean on my bed because it's comfortable, but it's like actually fall face down on the ground and like worship the Lord. It's very humbling to do that. Not just in public, but even more so in public, but even in private, it's humbling to do that. Especially as Americans, we were so independent. All right. So Abraham fell face down. Then he laughed. <laughs> Here we go. He said to himself, can a child be born to a hundred year old man? Can Sarah, a 90 year old woman, give birth? So Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael were acceptable to you. He's like, basically, yeah, why can't? Why do we got to have another child? We already got Ishmael through Hagar. What's wrong with Ishmael? Why can't we already have an heir? And God is like, nope, that is not the way I want to do this. It's not part of the plan, homie. Once again, it's a good example of when God, when we have our own plans, like Abraham was like, hey, I'm content. I'm comfortable. I got I got Ishmael through Hagar. I'm good. Sarah's womb was closed. You didn't lie to open up. So I went to Hagar and we got Ishmael. This What's wrong with that? And God is like, that's not the child of the promise. Isaac, God had a, 
man, this, you could, once again, I love to say the phrase, you could preach a whole sermon. You could preach about a whole sermon. I'm sure there's a lot of sermons out there that talk about um, the plans that we have, our Ishmael's in the world, our Ishmael, Ishmael's, and the plans that God has, our the Isaac's, and laying down and having to let go of the Ishmael to embrace the Isaac and receive the blessing. All right, so verse 19, but God said, no, your wife, Sarah, will be your son. Your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son and you will name him Isaac. I love that. This is a simple word. No, <laughs> it's one of the hardest things to hear God say is no. But it's one of the best things we can hear him say is no. I got a lot of no's in my life right now that ones I don't probably even know about where I'm like, I really want that. Her, right there, her. That's what I want. And God's like, nope. <laughs> that over there, I want that, God. Nope. Kind of like when you walk a kid into the store and they're like, oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. And it's like, if they can only see that at the end of the, if they were just patient, and at the end of the, the trip of the store, they that child knew that, you know, whatever that really big thing that they always wanted was what their dad father was going to give them they would have just been able to be chill and content throughout the whole trip instead of like throwing a tantrum or falling on the floor or screaming. None of y'all did that in the store as kids, right? I wasn't that kid. I don't think I was. Yeah, my mom wouldn't play. She used to pinch us. All right, so um, here we go. Your wife, I'll take I'll take a spanking. Uh, not, uh, see, I'm, I'm going on by going tangent. <laughs> I was about to say, I'll take a spanking over a pinching any day. Cause mom's pinches were no joke. I do not condone any type of physical spanking or anything like that. I, I personally don't uh, believe in that kind of stuff. I, that did happen to me as a young boy, but um, anyway, that's a conversation for another another episode. <laughs> uh, I won't get into proverbs and all that. So, all right, where was I? No, God says no. Your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son and you will name him Isaac. Which means he laughs. <laughs> I will confirm my covenant with him as a permanent covenant for his future offspring. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will certainly bless him. I will make him fruitful and will multiply him greatly. So even though Ishmael wasn't part of the promise, the plan that God had, to bless Abraham and his descendants through. He said, I've heard you. It's something about pleading. God has a plan, but he, if we plead with him on, on, on a lot of things, he actually will hear it. He hears our prayer and he will, accom I hate to say, it's hard to say this. It's like, at times he will accommodate even the parts, even the things that are not a part of his plan. Kind of like this bill that's getting ready to get passed. It's probably, mm. We'll use that analogy, yeah. You know, concessions. You know, this whole bill that's getting passed, stimulus bill, there's things that are getting thrown out, things are getting kept. It's like, even though this wasn't originally, originally part of the covenant, I'm going to go ahead and allow this in there, you know. What's going on, Olo Roll? I didn't even see you coming here. How you doing today? Let's see here. So where am I? Verse 20, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will certainly bless him. I will make him fruitful and will multiply him greatly. He will father 12 tribal leaders and I will make him into a great nation. 
But I will confirm my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this time next year. Hmm, he told him even when it's going to happen. The month, date, year, all that. When he finished, some there's so many things out there uh, that I've been hoping for and believing for. It's like, Lord, if you could just let me know when I can kind of plan my life around this. Like, God does do that. He does give specific orders if you listen. Um, not all the time. But he will a lot of times speak very specifically on a lot of things. So just practicing, just practicing like my pastor talks a lot about, he uh, one of the things he does is he'll pray and then just ask the Lord to speak and then he'll just write down whatever he feels like the Lord is telling him. And it can be kind of dangerous going down that road because, you know, we have our own intuition and our own thoughts that kind of come in and Satan tries to come in and like throw his little two cents in that mean nothing. Uh, you have to quote the word back at him to put him back in his place. But like, there is something about learning how to hear the voice of the Lord, something I didn't even realize was possible or something you could do, a practice you could do until I was in my 20s and I was a part of this house church. It's a whole other conversation, but practicing hearing the voice of the Lord is in learning to hear his voice because he talks about my sheep know, know my voice. Like you have to, some people, oh, I prayed and I didn't hear anything. It's like the best analogy I've heard on this is kind of like an FM and an AM radio how the signal is so much stronger on the FM side than on the AM side. Some of us don't even have our radios turned on. You have to turn the radio on first. That's spending time in prayer. Also reading his word, because a lot of times God speaks through his word. He'll tell you to go to a scripture or he'll draw a scripture out of your spirit. You have to give him something to work with. So the more word, you know, the more you're able to discern the voice of the Lord. Cause it should really always line up with scripture, whatever you hear. And then, yeah, it's like turning on and it's like flipping on the from the scratchy AM radio that like sometimes a lot of times the signal is not as strong as it is with the FM. And shoot, the satellite radio is even stronger. Or you might, yeah, notice even when you go on the bridges or an overpass, the signal will go out like that can be, you know, obstruct. Just learning to hear the voice of the Lord. I won't go too far with that analogy, but just know it's important to really practice learning to hear the voice of the Lord. It can be very powerful in your life. And it's good to have other Christian believers who you trust, like good mentors. There's somebody, a body of believers. Um, it's good to have somebody that's been walking with the Lord for a long time that can, you can bounce some of this stuff, stuff off of. Like when you hear from the Lord, be like, I feel like the Lord is speaking this to me during this season or whatever, like they'll help you bring clarity to it so you don't do anything too crazy so off the wall this but even then god has grace over that god still has grace when you diligently seek him and search after him and desire to hear his voice he rewards that that's all i can say just in my experience one of the best things i've done that is the coolest things about hearing the voice of the Lord, the Holy Spirit that works because this word is it says it's alive, it's breathing, sharper than any two edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit. It's all, this word is alive, right? So, one of the coolest things I do is I'll like, um, we'll say, Lord, um, this, I don't understand this scripture, help me to understand this scripture. 
that's one of the biggest prayers I've had answered time and time and time again. I really should doc, do a better job of documenting this. But for example, real quick, I'll, one of my favorite recent examples, I was out and um, I ran into this guy whose name was Eli. We start talking and I was like telling him like, hmm, I was telling this guy, I really need to go back and read the story of Elijah and Elisha. Just talking to this random stranger, right? No, not random, because nothing in life is random. Anyway, this guy I ran into and talking, and that was on a Saturday. The next Sunday, when I went into church, that was the, I had no clue that the pastor, um, it was actually the guy I see for counseling. He preached a whole sermon on Elijah and Elisha. I had no clue that that's what he was going to preach about. No clue. But I had just said on Saturday, I really need to go back and read that story and get and learn more about Elijah and Elisha. And bam, I get a whole sermon on it. And there's God has done that hundreds of times when I like they say, Lord, give me some more clarity on this particular topic. So and you have to remember, God goes before you. He orders your steps. So anyway, yeah, it, it can sometimes it can kind of. Man, it blows my mind. I'll just say that when I think about it all. He knows what we're going to say before we say it. He knows what we're going to do before we do it. So it's like, wow. It's amazing. All right. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. Yeah, he's um, he knows everything. He's everywhere. And he, yeah, he's an alpha and omega. He's at the beginning. He was at the very beginning before time was before the earth even existed and he's at the end in the millennial kingdom reign in eternity where there is no end it just goes on and on and on and on forever he is he is at the end of that there is no like he is the end like wow he is the end he is the end of the story he's the end he's the omega like and he is timeless he's eternal like wow you know how you watch a movie and at the end of the movie it's over and like hmm, when are they gonna come out with a sequel it's like god is like i am the sequel i'm the sequel the sequel the sequel and it just keeps going it never ends like and until you come to me like you won't even understand it won't like none of the movies you watched before none of the books you've read before will make any sense until you come to me i don't yeah wow all right where was i Verse 20, as for Ishmael, I have heard heard you. So God does listen when you don't just think, when you just pray or say something out loud that God didn't hear you. So be very careful in your words. He hears all your words, right? He said, I did hear, I heard you. I will certainly bless him. I will make him fruitful and will multiply him greatly. He will father 12 tribal leaders and I will make him into a great nation. And then, but, I always look out for the buts. Verse 21, but I will confirm my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this time next year. When he finished talking with him, God withdrew from Abraham. I wonder what that looked like. God just withdrawing. He's like, poof, like gone. Hmm. Hmm. So Abraham... So Abraham, sorry, I got caught up because I started, I was tempted to look at some of these parallel, future parallel scriptures. But when we get to those scriptures, then I'll just parallel back to this scripture. Because some of these words like, yeah, withdrew, have a parallel scripture with them. 
Meaning like there's another scripture that uses that same term. So I always like to do that because it really helps you get a greater understanding of the word and how everything connects, all the dots connect and everything overlaps. So Abraham took his son Ishmael and those born in his household are purchased. Every male among the members of Abraham's household and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskin on that very day. Just as God has said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when the flesh of his foreskin was circumcised. And his son Ishmael was 13 years old when he when the flesh of his foreskin was circumcised. On that same day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised. And all the men of his household, whether born in his household or purchased from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. So I think it's always really cool. One, Abraham was 99 years old. This is wild. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how I'm getting down in 99. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I feel like there's some stories about men who've fathered children late in age, like in their 80s and 90s. I got to look it up, though. Um, that's a side note, but it's interesting that Ishmael was 13 years old when he got circumcised. I wonder if there's any significance behind that. The number 13, I can't remember what 13 represents. Um, but it's, yeah, there's a lot of bad connotations to 13, but there's also some good ones like Kurt Warner with the number 13. Anyway, no, I'm not going to go down that right now. The numerology of the Bible. Let's see here. So yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. The last thing, the cool thing is that all these people were blessed in Abraham's household just by being brought into his household. And this, it's a foreshadowing once again to all the people that are gonna be blessed uh, through the new covenant that is established when Jesus dies on the cross. It's open to everyone, not just the Jews. And even back then, it was made available to these people. Hmm. The blessing. Hmm. I got to read more about this stuff later on. Make some more, connect some more dots, but. All right, I'm going to read this last. I'm going to read these last few Tony Evans notes from verses 17 through 27. So Abraham found this difficult to believe since he was pushing 100 and Sarah was 90. He laughed because he couldn't take God seriously. I think back on my life, you know, if you would have told me some, some of the stuff, if God had came to me and told me some of the stuff that I'll be have experienced in the last three years and even probably told me right now some of the things that I'll experience 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now, however long I have left on this earth, right? I will most likely laugh too. So I can I can relate to Abraham. And it says, yeah, God repeated the promise of his son, but added, you will name him Isaac. The name Isaac, meaning he laughs. Every time Abraham would say his son's name, he would be reminded that he had laughed at the miracle God had promised. God always gets the laugh, last laugh. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, every time. Wow. Every time he says Abraham's I mean, Isaac's name, he is reminded of when he laughed at God's promise. Mm. Mm. Abraham obeyed the command to circumcise himself and his men. Importantly, circumcision no longer operates as the sign of God's kingdom. 
It has been replaced by baptism, the sign of the new covenant. Baptism serves as a sign that we are operating in accordance with God's covenant and allowing his kingdom rule to govern our lives. It's good stuff. Um, stop it there. Stop it there. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word once again. I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, anyone that doesn't know you, that they would surrender their life to you. You said in John 10, 10, that the devil comes to kill, steal and destroy. But you, Jesus, came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. I just pray in the name of Jesus, God, that anyone who doesn't know you, they would just call out to you, that they would ask for you, Jesus, to come into their heart, to change them, transform them, make them a new creature, make them a new, give them a new identity, that they would lay down their old identity and completely surrender you, surrender to you and make them, make you Lord and Savior of their life, that they will understand what that means to be, to be rescued. They were going down one direction, one road, the, the Broadway road of destruction, of death, this as I, as I have before God. And you came and you rescued them. You left. You always leave the 99 sheep to go after the one. So I thank you Lord, for that, that I'm one. I'm that one. I'm that one of many one sheep <laughs> um, to stretch out the 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 analogy, uh, the um, that story, that, that scripture that talks about that God. I just thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you God, that we are special. We are precious in your sight. Help those who already follow you to continue to just have a hunger and thirst for your word to grow deeper into you. To if they don't have a church home, that you would send church church homes for everyone, Lord, that's listening. Period. In this world, I pray a revival in this country, across our world, starting here in Kansas City, and going out beyond to the United States and then to the rest of the world. That there be a revival, that we will all fall face down, and bow down and call you Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord and Savior, before it's too late, God, and before, because at some point, all of us are going to have to say, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that you are Lord. So I pray that we would do it now. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed that. And wow, 45 minutes, 46 minutes. Not bad, considering that was a longer chapter. So I'm going to go ahead and knock out one more chapter and then get up out of here, go drive, make some deliveries, make this money and um, pray for your brother. Pray for your boy, because I'm getting antsy in this car. I'm feeling like it's time for me to do something different to make money. I got some things that I can do, some things I'm thinking about. But um, for now, this is the only thing that really makes sense for now. So. God bless y'all. Take care. Have a wonderful night.